the birth of praise. And uh, I'm hoping that around, maybe if not sooner, uh, I've got some definitions that I brought and uh, gave them to Charlie for him to put up about this subject. But uh, praise is uh, something that you can't get to know God and not do. It's just comes with the turf. And uh, anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 29 and the 31st verse. We're going to talk about a very familiar story. I'm sure that everybody has uh, heard about this before. Uh, it's about Leah and Jacob's situation. And we all know that Jacob loved Rachel and uh, how that he, uh, we could use different subjects about how that he tricked his brother out of his birthright and now he gets tricked uh, and has a, the woman, a woman given to him that wasn't the one that he worked for. But that's not the subject tonight. The subject is on the birth of praise. So I want to stay on this. Sunday night for prayer uh, meeting up here, uh, we all, a group of us men, were praying or formed a circle together. And uh, I made a comment. I told them I didn't fill out a card. I, but I'd like to tell or my request that I'd like to pray for them to pray about. And I told them I'd like to, I felt like that we need an old-time Holy Ghost revival. Amen. And I told them I'm not talking, you know, necessarily so old-timey that makes you new-timey feel, you know, division. I'm not saying that because of division. I'm just saying that when I held revivals, I used to have revival posters, and I happened to see one at home. It's old when I had brown hair back then on the poster, and uh, it it said Holy Ghost Revival, and that's what my, what I had on all the revival posters that I sent out. And sometimes people would come to see just what a Holy Ghost Revival was all about, but that's what I was talking about. I felt like we, uh, as a church here, could use a good Holy Ghost revival. And I told them, I said, not talking about just one where you were revived, but one that would make your children get back with right with the Lord. And uh, one that would draw people that were lost to uh, salvation. Healings would take place that the doctors couldn't do. These, these are the things I'm talking, and I'm not talking about one getting saved, and I'm not talking about one getting healed. I'm talking about something that made you, when you wanted, you wanted to not miss church because you was afraid that God was getting ready to do something, and you would miss out of it, and you didn't want secondhand information. You wanted to see it with your own eyes, and there was a hunger and a zeal to come to the house of God. And uh, if you can look around and tell, we might could use one. Maybe you're like me, but call us, God got in this circle up here. And uh, 
I felt like when Charlie extended it for us to go on and pray for one another, uh, I felt like the Lord did some work in those prayers. And I believe there was also some prophesying that went on in those prayers, not just prayers of prayer. I believe there was things that the Holy Ghost said that humans didn't plan on saying. But the Holy Ghost got in it. And uh, just like Randy and I was hugging up here, I felt like the Holy Ghost got in there and some of the things that were said in that prayer. So uh, God might be getting ready to to do it, and I, uh, I, I don't want to miss out on it. I want to do my part. And I know it ain't going to come without praise. So uh, pray that the Lord will use me tonight to say what he wants because I'd love tonight to be the beginning of the fire that is kindled to start this revival. Our church is needing not only revival, it's needing some people are just needing a good resurrection. Not just revive, they done got dead. You get you revive what's, uh, you resurrect what's dead, you can revive with a jump start. But if you did, you need a resurrection. And I've been there before where I needed a revival, and then I've been there where I needed a resurrection. So God help us. We're going to read together. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And she conceived, and excuse me, and Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he therefore he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again. And bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons, therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again, and bare a son, and she said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and left bearing. I want to talk about the story of Leah before we get into some of these definitions of praise. Uh, Leah's beauty, let's go ahead and talk about her beauty. She wasn't the prettiest one in the pot. I don't know whether uh, it was in her face or a figure. But somewhere she didn't have what Rachel had. And uh, she understood that Rachel was more attractive than her. But the Bible even declares that Rachel was beautiful. She, so this caused her to self, suffer with feelings of inadequacy. Uh, and, and low self-esteem. And... Uh, People with low self-esteem will be down and criticize themselves. A lot of times people with low self-esteem, they really say things about themselves that are not true. 
Everybody else looks through a different set of eyes and see differently and sees more beauty in them than they give themselves credit. And I'm not just talking about beauty and skin deep. I'm talking about beauty uh, also uh, outside even. But uh, they have this low self-esteem. Uh, they don't really know how to receive real love. Somebody tells them they're, they're pretty, they don't know how to receive it. They don't even know how to say thank you. And then sure as mama added one more sentence to that. After she tell her that, she's saying, sometimes you don't do so pretty. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sherry. I didn't, your mother said that, and I didn't say that. Some even judge the love of God according. I've got only seven pages of message or teaching before we get to the definition, so I'm going to roll on a little bit. But uh, some even judge the love of God according to the love that they have received from men that have been in their lives, whether it be their brothers, whether it be their father, whether it be a boyfriend, whether it be a husband. But some people judge God's love that way. Uh, if they couldn't satisfy their father, sometimes they always feel like they can't never satisfy God. But uh, this was reinforced in Leah on the day of her wedding. She was only able to marry Jacob due to deception. What her father Laban was basically saying, you will never be able to get married on your own. He didn't trust her to be able to be find a man to get married. Now, that's a little bit past being ugly. That's going, that's going, you don't have hurt till your father hurts you that way. Now she's not only feeling this from her husband, she is feeling it from her father. And it's, Jacob never chose Leah. She was never special to him. Her marriage, I want to talk about it. It was like two people living in one house rather than two becoming one like marriage should be. And I know a lot of homes that are like that. I've seen a lot of marriages that are like that. Instead of two becoming one, they become two individuals living under one house. Each one with their own agendas. Never once were they bonded together in affection and in goals and everything else that goes along with marriage. After she was married to Jacob, she worked, he, uh, he worked another seven years to be able to marry Rachel. He was never content with her. He, she could never please or satisfy her husband. She was hated. She testified it with her own self, and even God testified it. Even God said he saw how she was hated by her husband. Uh, she was hated and disfavored. Jacob was indifferent to her. He did not care for her at all. Jacob never failed to express his love for Rachel. 
It is hard living and sleeping with a man when you know that his heart is with another woman. And this was the kind of marriage that Leah had. The Lord looked upon the grieving heart of Leah. Leah had a secret pain, but the Lord knows your heart. She could not find comfort with the husband, and she could not find comfort with her sister. Let me say this. There are a lot of times that in, in marriage, and I'm not giving a marriage thing, going uh, into a marriage counseling situation, but uh, if you can't please your mate, don't think all the little things that you do is going to do any make changes. You can try to uh, do everything you try to, to try to please them, but if they're not pleasable, nothing you're going to do is going to change that. You can uh, cook dinner, have it just right. You can uh, live up to his threats. If you don't do this, I'm going to leave you. It ain't going to change. You, I found out this. You can't make somebody love you. I don't care how much you try because I've been there, done that, and I learned it the hard way. You can't make somebody love you. Either they're going to love you or they're not. Either they're in love with you or they're not. But whatever you do won't change it. God is the only one that can change the heart that can make somebody Amen. where they want to love you. Even he don't make, you, make them love you. And uh, so doing everything you can do and uh, trying to say the right thing and not getting him upset, it don't work. They have to change because they want to. Uh, she didn't really have anyone that she could talk to about how she felt deep inside. Nobody. Not a sister, not a father, and now not even a husband. God, but God saw her pain. God saw the secret hurt in her heart. When no one else knows, God knows. When no one else knows, God knows. And the good thing about it, God looked down upon Leah. Let's see. You can keep that scripture up there, Brother Charlie, if you would, for those that just come in, they can see where we at uh, with that. Uh, God opened Leah's womb, and from her pain she named her sons. Now, biblical names are different than those that are uh, way we name our babies. A lot of people look at the end of a movie, I used to say, and they watch all the names scrolling up the screen, and they say, that'll make a nice name like Benjamin. No. <laughs> now, Benjamin is a good name. I've told talked to him and told him how that the story about that how Benjamin was named uh Jacob named his son Benjamin from Rachel, this other wife. Uh 
and how that that happened, how he means, his name means son of my strength, the son of my right arm. But they named their names because they meant something. Most time it meant something about the surrounding or it meant something about the future. In these cases, it's going to name, mean something about the surroundings, what was going on at the time of their life. And biblical names mean something. People were named for circumstances that surrounded their birth. Leah named uh, the children, not Jacob. Notice that it was Leah that named her children. Now, that's not so with Rachel. Like I told, told her, when Rachel named her son, she called it Benoni, son of my sorrows. But when Jacob saw the son, said, no, his name shall be called Benjamin, son of my right hand or son of my strength. But Jacob didn't have nothing to do with naming these children. It was Leah that named them, and she named them about the circumstances she's going through. So the first one, if you go up to, I'm not sure what verse, but it's going to be where she names them Rachel. I mean, Reuben, I'm sorry. Well, I can tell you in a minute if I look down, 32 is the very next verse. There we go. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Sure, the Lord have looked upon my affliction, and there, now, therefore, my husband will love me. This is on two levels that she names him Reuben, which means sight or seeing. First, she said, God have seen me and blessed me. Second, she says, Now my husband will see me and love me, but... Nothing changed. So she has a second son. Keep on following me down, brother child. I, 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 yeah, yeah, we're going to 33. So she has a second son, and she names his name Simeon, which means hearing or heard. Verse 33, and she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, and she has, he has therefore given me this son, and she called his name Simeon. Simeon means hearing or heard. First she said, God has heard me and blessed me. Second, she said, My husband will listen to me and acknowledge me. But still, everybody together? Nothing changed. Then she had another son, and I believe it said that she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now this time my husband, uh, will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore she named his name Levi. Levi means to be joined or to be together. This is only on one level. Unlike the first two, God is not even mentioned at the birth of Levi. I want to be joined to my husband, and I want us to be a family. You see her heart speaking? She's doing everything she can to please her husband. She's doing everything she can to have a family. Isn't that what most girls dream of? of having that wedding day 
They pictured that, that wedding dress going down the aisle to meet their Prince Charming. Then they picture, even while they're dating, they talk about how many kids they're going to have. When I think about it, I laugh because I see them looking at this little baby like Benjamin, and they don't see when they see this, like my uh, son and and daughter, they getting ready. To, I call it daughter because I don't have daughter-in-laws. I got sons and daughters. So my, mar- my brother, my son, when he married, he gave me another daughter. But they getting ready to have a baby. It's supposed to be July the 28th, but it's most probably going to be two weeks early on my birthday, July the 14th. And... Uh, <laughs> And they getting ready to hold this little Jocelyn like this, and they already got it named, and it's gonna be so cute. And they're gonna have it in these little, well, sure, we'll have it in these little prissy dresses and all like that. But you know what I laugh about? They don't see the college, and they don't see the way to pay for her when she gets married. <laughs> Come on, anybody got a daughter that's getting ready to get married? You know what I'm talking about. Thousands of thousands. You thought it cost to get that baby in this world. Wait till you pay to get it into another man's arms. But that that's what they dream about. That's what and I'm sure she dreamed about having a husband and having a family. And everything she does, even though this time God isn't mentioned, she's thinking of nothing but Jacob, but what happens? Nothing changed. Didn't change Jacob, didn't change her family life at all. But still, nothing changed. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get the same results that you have always gotten. Maybe instead of trying to change others, it's time for you to change yourself. You said, but I can show you how they need to change. Maybe the... Insight in life will look different if you changed. Maybe you'll look at things differently. Let me say that about church. Maybe things would look better in church if we changed, if I changed. Maybe we could have a Holy Ghost revival if I changed. Maybe, but, but this one needs to change and that one needs to change. Maybe we need to turn it all around and say, maybe I'm the one that needs to set a fire up under me. If I want to see a fiery revival in the head of that church, maybe I'm the one that needs to get on fire more for God. I might be holding up this. Don't you know fires, how they start? Somebody had to start a spark somewhere. Somebody had to get on fire somewhere. A house don't burn down unless it starts, you know, you see the whole house burned down. It didn't burn down in the whole house. It didn't burn down all in one room. It started in one spot. But it got the whole house on fire. Oh, God, help me to be the one that sets this place on fire. You think you better know. I think that I need you and I need all of us to be on fire. Because sometime I want to go through a situation, I'm going to need somebody on fire, Claudius, that can touch God for me. So the scripture tells us, let's go on to the next son. Verse 35. And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now 
I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. Judah's name means praise. After trying to get Jacob's attention for all these years, she finally turns her attention off her husband and onto the Lord. Leah made a decision that the next boy isn't going to be about Jacob at all. I'm going to name him Judah, and I'm going to praise the Lord. Most praise is birth in pain. Childbirth is painful. I want to talk about, I could go more into that right there, but I want to go into the lineage of praise or the lineage of the tribe of Judah. Judah's descendants became a great tribe in the nation of Israel. Jacob prophesied that out of Judah shall Shallow come. Ain't that something how that the one that she was trying to get the attention of all this time, when she took her attention off of him and gathered it on God, God got his attention on her husband. Did you hear that? When she took her attention off of her husband and got it solely on God, God turned his attention on Jacob. And he started dealing with Jacob. He got to dealing with Jacob so much that Jacob wrestled with the Lord. And the next thing you know that Jacob said he turned this thing around and he called his name Israel and he became known as a prince of God. He didn't become a prince of God until Leah started praising the Lord. Maybe our husbands and my son and my, and my children and, and, my, and my families would get turned around if I would get me turned around to not be, you know, so much on them, but only on God and start praising the Lord. Maybe if I praise God, he would hunt down my children and get them on fire for God. Maybe he'd hunt down your family and get them on fire for God. When you turn your attention to him, he might just turn his attention to your needs. Judah's descendants became a great tribe. There were over a million people in the tribe of Israel by the time of the Exodus. Praise will make a church grow. When you start praising God, it it just has a tendency to grow and become bigger and bigger and bigger. Sometimes all it takes is one person to start praising him because praise is contagious. The Lord is contagious. If we just praise him long enough, we might find out somebody else might want to get in on this praise with us. Because as you lift up Jesus, he has promised to draw all men unto him. Judah was located at the door of the tribe of the tabernacle. 
After the exodus and during the time of their wanderings in the desert, Israel was told to, to uh, make a tabernacle, what we call the tabernacle in the wilderness. Every time that they stopped to make him, the first thing that went up was the tabernacle. The tribe of Judah set up their tents right at the door of the tabernacle. Everybody else was looking at the walls of the tabernacle. Now Jeremiah cried and said, Who shall make up the walls of Jerusalem? And Peter answered the question and said, We also as lively stones are built up a spiritual habitation unto God. You know what? Sometimes we go to church, we go to church and stop looking at the door and we start looking at the walls. Who's the walls? We. For praising people, you sure are a quiet group. Don't worry, we're going to get there in a second. Why don't we, Charlie? But we get attention on each other. And when we got attention on each other, we can't praise the Lord. Because God is a jealous God. He ain't gonna, you can look over at somebody else and your mind be on somebody else and somebody sitting over here and who's singing and all of these different things. If you ain't got your mind on praising God, you won't find the door. You could not come by the door without going by praise. And that's why some people go to church and they never met Jesus because they never praise him. And praise brings you to the door. Now Jesus said, I am the door of the sheepfold. You can't come before Jesus without praise. You couldn't get to the door that without going by praise. Jesus said, I am the door. Psalms, you know this, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with Praise. Know ye that the Lord he is God. And that he and that he draws God praise draws God to you. I said praise will God draw God to you. It, ought, it lets you into his court. It lets you inside. Praise will get you past the door, which is Jesus Christ. And inside there, you'll get to know God. You'll know that he is God. But praise don't only do that. Praise brings God to you. For God inhabits the praises of his people. Inhabit means he will set upon. How do you think they got baptized with the Holy Ghost and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. By the way, that's that advocate that our pastor was talking about Sunday. And they appeared unto the, in the, the Bible said, and they all together in one accord, one place, and they appeared unto them clover tongues, ligers unto fire, and it sat upon them. 
them. Well, that tells me what they were doing. They were praising God because God inhabits praise. You can't be filled with the Holy Ghost without praising God. If we would praise God more and somebody else get beside us, we might find out they could. And by the way, let me cross this out. Hold this time out. Ain't that how they do? Time out. There we go. Time out. Didn't you say that we didn't only need to be filled, but sometimes we need to be refilled? Well, if you were filled and the evidence was speaking in other tongues, when you were refilled, I believe the same evidence ought to pop up. Well, excuse me, it's just me and my, me and Sister Susie, but y'all just pray for us because that's what we believe, don't we? I believe it's more than just I felt an emotion. I believe if you refilled whatever happened the first time, I happened the second time. If Jesus said, if any man thirsty, let him come unto me. And he said, out of his mouth, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake here, the Holy Ghost, if rivers flowed out the first time and you refilled, rivers will flow out the second time. If the evidence was speaking in tongues the first time, the evidence will be speaking in tongues the second second time sorry I'm sorry to forgive me all of the tribes were looking at the walls of the tabernacle but Judah was looking at the door praise will cause you to come to the door you would have an encounter with him who said, I am the door, as you praise him. And I don't know about you, I need more encounters with Jesus. Turn your eyes off of yourself and each other. And like the song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And it comes through praise. When you cannot find your way out of a situation... It's time to praise the Lord. Your praise can call, might show someone else the door and the, the presence and to, how to enter into the presence of God. David was the greatest earthly king that Israel had. He was anointed and chosen of God to be king of Israel. David was a descendant of the tribe of praise. The tribe of Judah, which was a tribe of praise. After countless defeats, Israel's greatest victories came under the rule of David. You can, if you, when you cannot get the victory over your enemy, it is time to praise the Lord. Your praise can bring you victory. The walls of Jericho came down by praise. Let me tell you, praise is a secret weapon of mass destruction. Everybody else thought the only way you can come into the holies of holies is by blood of bulls and goats. But David said, I found a secret weapon. I found a way to get into the holies of holies and not have a drop of blood on me or a drop of blood to bring. I might not have a bull and I might not have a goat, but I found out you can praise your way into the holies of holies. 
Paul and Silas were released from prison by praise. I thought I was going to need this thing. Who said you don't need handkerchiefs on the Wednesday night? Their chains fell off. The Philippian jailer got saved and baptized, and the church of Philippi was birthed in this house through praise. God can turn your house into a church through praise. You didn't catch that. I said God can turn your house into a church through praise. Your children can think they're coming home and they're coming to church. Your husband can think he's coming home from work, but he's coming to church. I'm telling you, whoever's in your house that needs God can come right into the presence of God if you turn your house into a house of praise. Jesus Christ was born of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was born of Joseph and Mary. Joseph was a descendant of Mary of David, which was of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which was called the city of David. Your praise can bring you salvation. You, I put this down and I've already said something about it, but you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you praise God. You need to praise the Lord. Psalms 115 verse 17 said, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into uh, into silence. The only ones who cannot praise the Lord are those that are dead. And let me say something else too. Animals don't bother a dead person. If you ain't got the devil fighting you, mm-hmm. the more you come alive, the more devils you'll find. Just as Jesus fed the multitude, he fed those that were alive. But he had more enemies that were dead. Went to church. Amen. Went to church. I ain't talking about the ones that ain't going to church. I'm talking about them dead people that go to church. And they had more enemies that were Pharisees and Sadducees than he fed on that day with them five loaves and two fishes. The higher you elevate yourself in praise to God, don't you worry about it. You're going to have more devils than you have friends. But is it worth it to see what God does as you praise him? But they did don't know how to praise him. Praise comes from the heart. Your praise to God, your, you praise God with your heart. Praising Him comes from within then. Matthew 12 and 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your pra- you praise Him in your heart, uh, a praise in your heart will come out in your mouth. If you've got a praise in your heart, it'll come out in your hands. If you've got a praise in your heart, it'll come out in your feet. If you've got a praise in your heart, it will come out in your life. Praise is an attitude of gratitude. Have you got anything to be grateful for? Yes, thank you, Lord. Yes. That's the name of the Lord. 
How can we praise the Lord? Psalms 150, verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I'm telling you, I'm trying to getting ready to get into another transition with God. I want to know who's going to magnify the Lord with me. Now, we're going to get into a couple of things. Charlie's getting ready to go through some definitions in just a minute. But I said, have you got something that God has brought you through that was painful? Praise is birth through pain. If you've got something to birth, praise God that used to be painful, then you need to give God a praise. Are you in a mess and you need God to deliver you from it? You say, oh, no. Well, I vote finance. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we got you. Then you need to give God a praise. Stop looking at your situation and at people and start looking unto Him and give God a praise. Like I said, praise is painful. Now, how many of you feel like that you are a person who praises the Lord? Not I. I, I feel like, I'll be honest with you, I feel like I praise the Lord. And I happened to get on the internet, and uh, I wished I had Charlie's brain when I'd go on there, but I was stuck with this donkey thing that God gave me. But uh, I just put in there praise. The definition of praise in the Hebrew and Greek. Now, I'm not saying I can say these words, but I'm going to try, and you can laugh and say, should have been. But uh, when I did this, and I want you to ask yourself, we're talking about the Greek for the New Testament and the Hebrew for the Old Testament. And we want to look at some words of praise and how they praise the Lord. And they got Bible verses for these, and I got them if you need them, about how they did. But I want you to see if you praise this way. Because the Bible says, as a mother is, so is a daughter. You know who our mother is? It was Israel. So as our mother is, if our mother praised God this way and it worked, Evidently. Then evidently that's the way the children are supposed to do it. That's how we supposed now you'll find out if you praise God the right way. So look up our first one, Brother Charlie. This first one is halal. Means to to be clear of sound, to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish. Have you and y'all been that way yet lately? <laughs> to make foolish. Because praise looks foolish to the world. Unless it's at a football game or a basketball game. But you bring it to church. And it looks foolish. It means to rave, to celebrate, to commend, 
to sing praise to renown. Keep on going. Yada. To use, hold out the hand. I've worked, I've praised the Lord like that, hadn't you? Anybody held out the land while there's worship in the Lord? That's praise. That's another way of praising. To throw out the hands, to revere, to worship. We're just taking our time because we got a few of these, and uh, I just want you to think on it. I don't want to go real fast. I want us to see if we've done it. And let me say this. If you see one you ain't done, do it. If you see one you've not tried, Try this coming Sunday, scare the pastor half to death, but praise God anyway. I believe he'd fall over and we'd have to wake him up if everybody began to praise the Lord like they see something that they've not done before. And I'm not talking about in the flesh, I'm talking about from the heart. Confession. I praised him that way. Praise, give thanks, thanksgiving. A laudation praise. That might mean loud. I don't know. Zamar, to touch with string instruments, parts of a musical. I think it's where Psalms 150 got theirs. To play upon, to make a music accomplish. Now, if you can't play an instrument, let me tell you one that you can't play. Pause, time out again, I'm sorry. Listen to this. Now everybody else do this. Now which sounds better? Let me show you. Sometimes in church, you be the only one clapping. But somebody's got to start us. <laughs> and when you're the only one clapping, David, it's. Yes, both of them sounded good to God. But when we all get in this thing together, it sounds a whole lot better. And we start to rejoice. I've clapped hands at the Lynchburg Church, and I knew I was doing it by myself, and I knew I was echoing when I'd done it, and it just most probably drove a couple people crazy along with the devil. But I began, I was praising God. I wasn't clapping my hands to man. I was praising my God because I knew what he brought me out of and what he saved me from. And if nobody else needed to praise him, I needed to praise him. I'm going to tell you, that was back then. It ain't been recently that I almost died. It ain't even been a year that my foolishness almost caused me to die again. I got another reason to praise God, so I'm going to act more madder than I ever did before. That's what David said. David said, I'll do more foolishly, dance more. I... Don't you ever have something in your life that makes you want to dance for? Well, that's coming up. Keep on, Brother Charlie. Barack, this is not the president. (laughs) To kneel. To kneel down. To salute. To bless God. 
an act of adoration. Sabak, to address in a loud tone. When is the last time you praise God loudly? Well, I can tell you when Jesus was, it was right up here when he got a little bit happy and he said, Praise the Lord! And it sounds like he's the only one singing it because nobody else joined him. But you know what I see? I think, and I've told her, I can't wait till the Holy Ghost gets all up into his feet and in his hands and he plays that instrument on the anointing of the Holy Ghost and begins to worship God and running out here. And then y'all really think he's crazy when he gets him a cordless guitar where he can run out in the middle of the crowd and play. But when's the last time you praised the Lord loudly? Didn't care what nobody else thought. You wasn't praising them. You was praising the Lord. Commend, glory, praise, triumph. Keep on, Brother Charlie. I'm loving it. I'm having a good time. Nobody else is. <laughs> to Adelaide, to adore, to die. An extension of the hands. That makes me not want to go to church and not raise my hands no more. Because I come to church to praise the Lord. I like this. Adoration. A choir of worshipers. Now, wouldn't it be something if Sunday the church never knew it, but we formed a choir just us. <laughs> we didn't tell them nothing about it. But we're forming a choir tonight of worshipers. And come Sunday, John, we're going to all let them know what, when we're singing, when we begin to raise our hands and praise the Lord. Yes, you think we'd make God happy yes, if we were a choir of praisers? And somebody you see up here that you've not done it before, you start doing it. <laughs> Don't you think we get ourselves ready for revival? I tell you what God will do. He'll get on Brother Ken so much with the anointing, the word will just flow out of him with that rubber. Because God inhabits praises of his people. When he sees your soul is hungry and thirsty and you're praising him, he said, I will fill you. He fills the hungry. He fills the thirsty. He said, if you're thirsty, rivers of living water come. If you're hungry, I'll feed you words of life. Do you need words that are not just words, but words that bring life to you? Yes, I do. Confession, sacrifice of praise, thanks, thanksgiving. Keep on, brother. Let's see. Have I got, I'll go on past that. I got another page. I know. I knew why. I, I, I kept him for the, another group. Keep on going to the next. There we go. Ah, oh, yeah. Now I can't read. Hold on. I'm going to mine. I don't know if they can read. Somebody might want to hit them lights if you can't read them, but I got them right here. 
I don't know if you can see them. Are they getting there yet? Let's see. Oh, yeah, here we go. It's the last, which means to result, to rejoice, I mean, to exalt, to jump for joy. You know, I remember when we first started doing that singing? I believe it was Ron Boyd that started this mess. It can be get to singing and and then <laughs> we used to sing a song. I want to jump, 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 jump all night, all night. <laughs> and if you over sixty like me, you were out of breath before uh, the first all night. <laughs> but when you really want to praise God. He'll put a pep in your step. You don't have to have a song tell you when to jump. Why don't you in the choir service Sunday started? <laughs> Amen. You feel the Lord jump. You want to praise him in a jump? Jump. If you're doing it, doing it only to him, he's the only one you got to worry about pleasing. To jump for joy. And these are given scriptures where you can find them. Barak means to kneel down, to bless God. A couple of these we'll end up seeing again. To, uh, to bless God is an act of adoration. Chagag means to celebrate, to observe, observe festival, to march in a sacred possession. Let me pause a minute. Susie? And Randy, and Sherry, and Francis, Willie maybe, we used to do this thing where we marched. Come on. We would march around the church. One of us get it started, and next thing you know, no one get behind that one because they didn't want him to march by himself. Next thing you know, the Lord get in that thing. Somebody else get in it. It wouldn't hurt to have another praise march because that's what would happen. As they march, people were praising the Lord. At least I know I did, and I know that others were. They were clapping their hands. They were praising, and every once in a while, somebody would break out in a shout because we were praising the Lord, but God inhabited it. And came down to march in a sacred procession. I don't know what the giddy means, but it says to be giddy. I'll have to look that word up. To move in a circle, to dance, to reel to and fro. Now, I know what it is to dance and to reel to and fro. Now, then we're talking about praising the Lord. Oh, I ain't, I ain't emotional. Then you might not be good at being a praiser. You might want to try another profession. Because <laughs> a praiser can get there. Believe me, they can. A, a good praiser will find out all of these things come around. Uh, let's see, where am I at? Am I at Hillel? 
I want to make sure I got the right page. To be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. I've been there. I praise the Lord. To, you know what's so funny about people who get to this spot? We all laugh at them. We're not, really, we ain't laughing at them. We're laughing with them because they acting, they laughing at us. Here. I remember in Blacksburg, uh, no, Martinsville, I was holding revival at Fieldale. I mean, Fincastle. Yeah, Fieldale. And I was, they had dignitary chairs there. Now, you know, about dignitary, I'm talking about they got a back that tall on the back of a chair. The chair might be his high. The back's way up here. Ain't no, the head ain't no way could hit that back. Head's down here. But that tall, that's a tall chair. I call them dignitary chair. I said, that thing's so dignitary. I look so good in my suit. I always would make sure my tie's straight and make sure everything was Right, folks, give me a spot check, make sure my shirt wasn't coming out my zipper. Just all things like that you do before you go in the pulpit. And I was sitting up there all dignified, getting ready for them to say evangelist Gene is going to come right now at this time. And all of a sudden the Holy Ghost hit me while I was praising him. And Brother Ken, he bounced me on my back like a basketball all the way down off the rostrum, down in the floor, right here, laying flat on the floor right there. And I was laughing. I was about to die laughing. I said, you was up there looking so good, and God just bounced you like a basketball all the way down in the floor in front of everybody. What's worse is I wasn't the only one acting foolishly that night. Sister Becky Spicer ran head first into a door. <laughs> I would rather bounce on my back. Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever been there? Praise will take you there. You keep praising God sooner or later. You'll find yourself looking foolish. But you know what's the best part? People might be laughing with you, but you'll be laughing yourself because you'll be feeling God all over you, and it's worth it all. My, my, I feel good. I'm trying to make sure that this is where it's good because the lesson's over. We just learned how to praise the Lord. And that when it comes to, to time to, at 8.15, I just walk off and we ain't got all the words done. I only gave you a opinion. I sure gave you. Has anybody got seen one praise they ain't done yet? Anybody seen one praise you ain't done on the board yet? Ain't try? Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> Let's jump down to Kara. Uh, a possession, excuse me, to dance and whirl about. Man, that's fun. When I, let me tell you about this one. When I first got saved, Remember my old, old drug head, long head hippie got saved. Now, this year's 40 years. Man, God and me been through a long journey together. Been some, had some glorious times, seen, seen some powerful things. And, uh, but when I first got saved, I craved the Spirit and I craved the Word. Those two. I'd never read a book through in my life, so I'd only read a comic, not even read a comic book all the way through. 
So the Bible's the first book I sit down and read. Felt so stupid, so dumb around y'all guys. Knew y'all was so smart in the Bible, and I wasn't. And I craved the book. And then I craved the Spirit, because he baptized me with the Holy Ghost six days after he saved me. On a Monday, he baptized me with the Holy Spirit on Sunday night with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I craved him, because I never felt nothing like his former life. Tried all these different drugs, and it was imitation highs. This Holy Ghost is a real thing. Wow, he was powerful. So I wondered everything he'd done. I saw somebody singing tongues to Sister Phyllis Cooper. I said, God, I wouldn't tell nobody. I'd go to the altar, and I'd pray by myself. I said, God, you ain't no respect a person. If you've done it to them, why don't you do it to me? Didn't tell nobody. Next thing you know, God, do it to me. I remember seeing the first one dancing in the spirit. Now, I'd seen it when I was kids in church. There's a difference when you have got God in you. I saw that and I craved it. I went up to the altar again. I said, God, you ain't no respect to person. If you do it to them, why don't you do it to me? I remember the first one at that time it happened. David Sowers was in the altar praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I went over and prayed for him, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, when I started to pray with David, I said, God, when you feel David, with, he'd been seeking for six months or more. I said, when you feel David with the Holy Ghost tonight, I want you to give me a double portion. Watch out what you ask for with God. <laughs> he just might give it to you. <laughs> well, I was praying. And all of a sudden, I got my mind off of David, and I got my mind on the Lord, and I felt like I was going through the ceiling all the way up to heaven. All of a sudden, I felt like God just reached his hand down and touched me, and I began to dance in the Spirit. And it's over at the Lynchburg Church, which Sister Susan knows about, and there was a lady there. She was knelt in the altar, and I danced on the back of her legs. And she said, I felt like he was dancing on a cloud over top of my legs. Not one scratch. Not nothing. And I got the blessing <laughs> that I was craving for while I was praising the Lord. Now if I got one you ain't done yet <laughs> to dance in the world about. The next one, a round dance, whirling particles of sand. Now, let me go back to that one. Second Samuel 6 and 14. I don't believe I have to look that up. I don't know what that verse is. I don't know it by heart. I guarantee it was David, though. I about guarantee you that's the way that David danced. The next one said, a dance, a company of dancers. Now, that's what I like to see in this church. That's part of that old-time Holy Ghost revival I'm talking I like to see a dancing, shouting, get on everybody. Not just one, two, and everybody sit there and look at them and laugh. But they're having a time of God. Yeah, but you ain't. <laughs> Why don't you just join in? <laughs> 
Why don't you get to praising God and get to the place that they got there? God started to touch them and what they felt like dancing before him. Wouldn't it be something if shouting fell out through the whole church? Whew, don't leave me out when it does. Perez, oh, I'm sorry, possess, to leap, to spring, as if separating the limbs. Have you ever danced that hard? <laughs> I have. Not saying that in a boast, God forbid. I'm just telling you it feels good. And again, they used it, Second Samuel 6 and 16. To leap, to stamp, to spring out wildly with joy. To shout, to sp split the ears with sound. You ever shouted so loud that the person beside you wished you would hush? You ever praise God that way? Did it split the ears? Anybody heard any of these? Woo! Yeah, I have been in some of them services before. <laughs> Might have been the one that did it. <laughs> That's what that word's talking about. To feel the Lord that way. And to praise Him that way. To blow an alarm as with the trumpet, associated with the trump with trumpet. And this is one of the ones we do, Taka. To strike, to smite, or clap to hands. Ooh. So Sunday, don't forget to praise the Lord, bring your praises with you. <laughs> How many of you ever had, I believe it's what sure but Pastor Ken said, let's give God a praise, and they start doing this. And I used to think before I studied to about for tonight, means with your mouth, no, this is part of it. This can be a praise to God. Thank you, sir. That's why we helpmates, we think alike. I'm going to go down to Shabbat. I believe we did Shabbat, but uh, to, uh, to shout, to address with a loud tone, to command, to triumph. And then I want to, uh, let me see if I can find one that I want to get to real fast because I want to quit about now. Uh, I know it, it's bad when you know you highlighted it. But it has Revelation, I mean, John chapter 40, here we go. It's to, uh, it's going back, Charlie, go back to all the way, go backwards, all the way to the second word. I missed, wait a minute, no, no, you're right, keep going then. Go forward to the Greek. There we go, 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 that's good. We're going to stop right here. To the second one, to prostrate oneself in worship, to reverence, to adore, to kiss, like a dog lapping water out of his master's hand. Look at that John 4 and 24. How many of you know what that's talking about? 
Jesus said, you worship in this mountain, you know not what, tell me the woman to will, but we know what you worship. For salvation is of the Jew. But he talks about true worshipers. My father is looking for true worshipers. That's that word right there, which means to do reference to, to adore, to kiss like a dog lapping water out of his master's hand. That is praise that the Father is looking for, and the praise that he's looking for to prostrate oneself in worship. Have you ever done, and I love what the youth have started doing. You watch them, they lay flat out in the floor. They prostrate in the floor, worshiping the Lord, and God called that praise. And they said, my father is looking for such. It was when I was in that condition in Christiansburg, Virginia, eight years before Jonathan was born, then been in church for two and a half hours praying that the Holy Ghost told me, I want to give you a son. And I'm going to bless him. As I have blessed Abraham's seed, so shall I bless thy seed. And Satan has come after my seed. He's not where he's supposed to be. I've talked to him and he said, Dad, I'm not backslid. I said, yeah, but God is building a house. You're getting ready to build a house. Don't you want God to help you build your house? Well, he wants you to help him build his house. When we was up here praying, Randy, I felt like we need our children put back where God wants them to be in the position that he called them for. I know what's going to get it there. It's going to come through praise. It might pay daddy and daddy back here dancing and shouting and praising the Lord to get God to do it. But I want to see them restored to where God called them. It was then that I named him Jonathan David Gillette. You could turn the lights back on and Brother Ken can get ready, but I just want to say this one thing in closing. I'm sorry I hit this. You didn't do that, Ken. I hit it with my handkerchief. But I want to say this in closing, that what's wrong with us starting a choir of worshipers? appraisers we don't have to tell nobody else what we're doing but I think it sure will be good to watch how contagious a little leaven will leaven the lump and like I said I've got reasons that I need to praise God God help me not to come here and try to come through the motion 
of coming to church and not come to the door with praise. I want to see Jesus every time I come here. How about you? I want to turn my house into a church.